0: Okay, so Xander's shirt.
1: (laughs) I couldn't take it. It was ridiculous. Okay, so at first it does look like flying saucers.
0: I thought it was flying saucers. And I – because that also seems to suit Xander's personality because it's very Mm -hmm. wacky, but also mushrooms do.
1: That's true. But there was that weird – I don't know if – I think I'm a little older than you. But I feel like in that time period there was a thing of like wearing aliens – and yes. wearing mushrooms. Like they were two iconic no, things I, you would put I, on an enamel necklace at
0: Claire's. Okay. Um, I I had a mushroom enamel necklace. Uh,
1: I think I just <laughs> nailed you. Like, <laughs> oh, Bam. My, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because it
1: meant that you were like kind of a hippie. Maybe yeah, that you were was open cool. to doing drugs. Yeah. I don't know what it meant. No,
0: it was cool. And it was a very similar to like peace signs and yin-yangs yes. were very cool then. Oh, golden. I
1: was – If I was allowed to get tattoos when I was 13, there would be a yin yang on my body. Like, (laughs) if I had been, if someone had said, like, 13 year olds are allowed to get tattoos today, yin yang. I don't even know. Maybe Mm -hmm. on my forehead. I was not smart.
0: Welcome to the very first episode of Hell Mouthy. Yay, yay! Yay! Um I'm one of your co-hosts, Kelly Nugent. And I'm Ryan Mogi. We are here to talk about our one of our favorite shows. Absolutely. I mean, I would say probably all I I don't know. I have I have like different shows for different parts of me, I guess. Okay. Um, but I would say very, very close to my heart, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. for sure.
1: And I for me, like this is definitely up there in my top three, but it also makes all the other ones possible. Like my other favorite show is Veronica Mars and Veronica Uh, Mars does not exist without Buffy. Like, um, so I'm really excited to talk about it and do a rewatch with another person. Yeah, no, (laughs) totally.
0: It, it's nice to have someone else to, to talk to about it because usually I just watch it in a vacuum and then get really depressed it's like, <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> it is. And the, every season it's so good. Oh, yeah. man. Even the, like, rough episodes. like I, just, yeah. I always wish there was someone to be like, hey, did you see the undershirt?
0: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. No, there are – because I will say to myself out mm-hmm. loud, yep. like, I will be like, oh, Buffy's pants. <laughs> like, I, I – yeah, I totally get – I get that.
1: And it's not just fashion, guys.
0: No, it's not just <laughs> fashion. Sometimes – Oh no i i yelled at uh i yelled at
1: Xander for his actions <laughs>
0: in in in, in, the, in uh uh in the Harvest, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh
1: my god, I feel like Xander probably is the person I yell at the most. Willow is the person I go, oh Willow, yes, <laughs> so yes, much. yes. I will be like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> or I'll, I'll just be like, Willow, so sweet, because mm-hmm. she she is a real sweet girl.
1: Oh my gosh, and Allison Hannigan's little face.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I guess what we can do is, do we want to just go through
1: how we came to Buffy?
0: Yeah. And just kind of like why, why Buffy, why us? Like, why did we choose to do this podcast? Okay. Um, do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Um, I am here. <laughs> I feel like i am in an A meeting. Um, my name is Ryan and I'm a Buffyaholic. Um, no, I. Love Buffy. I've always been a big fan of the sassy girl who defies expectations. Like, I think that if you looked at my childhood, like, bookshelf, every one of those books was about sassy girls defying expectations. <laughs> because I think, not to get too feminist this fast, mm-hmm. but it's real, guys. Mm-hmm. Um I have always identified with that idea of, like, going against what's expected of you and kicking a little ass even when people have uh, dismissed you. And so Buffy's always been really inspiring for me in that way. <sighs> I also love themes of chosen family. Yes, I think that's, that's real yeah. and that's um so I think both of those things are so compelling to me that I had no choice but to love the show. I did I have to admit to you, which I don't know if I've told you this. Oh, my so God. You may, you may be about to quit this podcast. <laughs> oh, no. No, I didn't watch the first five seasons while they were airing.
0: Um, I – no. Okay. So, guess what? What? I only started watching – oh, God. Season four. Wow. Um, While it was airing because I was a little bit too young mm-hmm. for the beginning of it. um, And – The only reason why I started watching it was because my uh, best friend at the time, her older sister, was like really into Mm -hmm. it and um, I really looked up to her older sister and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, if she's watching Buffy, I got to watch it. And then that was where that kind of started and then I rediscovered it later and then watched it from the very beginning, um, probably late high school
1: Mm –
0: no, college, I'm sorry. Early college, I I rewatched it. Um, but yeah.
1: Okay. So I don't feel as ashamed.
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't. That was something I was kind of secretly embarrassed
1: about as well. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad that we could share that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but okay. But once I did start watching and part of it is the show, the show is really good, but if you don't watch it sequentially, you can feel lost. Yes. Because characters really do arc and change and relationships change and things develop in a way that. A lot of shows, uh Supernatural, don't change much right. at all. Like you can watch an episode for – and I don't know why I just threw shade at Supernatural, but I did. So well, shots fired. are our, our sponsor, so. <laughs> oh, no. No, I love um, – so much fun getting in, getting in a car and driving around solving mysteries. Um I mean – so I would watch episodes of Buffy, love them, but I would be so lost because I wouldn't understand the context of them. Um, and then it got paired with Roswell, which I did watch a lot of. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I could be ashamed, but I can't. It's just yeah. my life. Um, and so that's when I started watching Buffy regularly. And then once the DVDs came out, I mainlined that shit. Yeah. And then forced other people to watch it with me. Um, but I haven't done a rewatch in a while, so I'm really excited about this.
0: Oh, awesome. Um, I, the, the show really resonated with me because, um, mainly because of the found families thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something also, you know, genre, I, I liked the genre. I liked, um, stuff that was clever and, um, smart and in a world that was fleshed out well enough that like I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Like I remember very, and even to this day wanting to live in Sunnydale. Like I was like, I, I want to live there. I, <laughs> and I that world was very compelling to me and drawing to me because, um, because I enjoyed the character so much and it kind of – I think that the found families thing is very compelling when mm-hmm. you are unhappy as a child. And mm-hmm. I was a very unhappy child. Um, and so when your family life, when you're small, is not good, then mm-hmm. you look towards other avenues. And, like, to see, like, that that a bond – between these people who are not bound by blood is right. so strong, like that, I don't know, like gives you hope. And I know that sounds very like, uh, doom and gloom, but like that was a reason why I really liked that show. Um, and also I fucking loved Buffy as a character. Like mm-hmm. I thought she was kick ass. Um, I remember like being a kid and like wanting to learn how to fight. So like that <laughs> real, I don't know, like that parallel. I was like, wow. We
1: both really like fighting. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> um, that was that was something I I really enjoyed about it as well.
1: I'm so glad to hear you say that because there's a lot of people who are Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans who have a little like chip on their shoulder about Buffy. Like, okay, because because they get mad about how like she gets later. I think so. I think that and that she's kind of can be very uh s- see the world through her particular lens. I don't feel this way about her. I'm excited I don't, to have a love fest Like, about like, Buffy. I, I'm so confused. Like, what do you mean see the world through her lens? Um, that she can make decisions that are not oh. always thoughtful of other people. And no, but she, she's, I mean, it's like Harry Potter. She's, uh, as the chosen one, mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time thinking about how you're the chosen one. Yeah. And I don't blame Buffy, but I, I, I'm glad to hear that you are a, a Summers fan. No, I – we're always, not going to have to like, you know
0: – heads. Get on a, her.
1: Get into arm wrestling matches. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I – no, I – most decisions that Buffy makes, I'm like, girl, I get it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I would make a different decision, but I respect what you did mm-hmm. because she's y- – you know, you're forced to make – she's forced to make like these calls that – May affect people in different ways, and that's hard. But someone's yeah. going to do it, and that's very. I feel like that's a very like chosen one thing to say. But no,
1: absolutely. And when she, when we start with the the first episode with Welcome to the Hellmouth, um, because Joss was trying to like make a link between the movie. Which yes, we don't. We'll talk about that another time, I guess. <laughs> um, but she is really trying to make an adult decision for herself. To not be the Slayer anymore. Yes, absolutely. Which is the kind of decision that later in the series would feel like it's just folly. Um, though she does try to make that decision other times. Too. Yes. Um, But it's really interesting of her really trying to make a new start. She really yeah. wants to just have normal friends and have her mom trust her and not spend all her time in the principal's office. Like yeah. she really starts to try to make a new le- – uh, turn over a new leaf.
0: And I think also like her trying to um, uh you know not do the slayer thing is more healthy for her too, because as we see in this episode, she then is like, no, I'm actually needed as the slayer mm-hmm. and isn't allowed to have like this normal life. And that does impact the way that she develops and is a person later on in the series, um, and causes her to make some decisions that people that don't like Buffy get mad about. And you're like, but you weren't her. Right. You know, like you weren't Buffy and you weren't having to have not really had a life at all.
1: Absolutely. And and there is the part where you didn't – she didn't choose this. You no, know? she didn't choose it. <laughs> she didn't but choose d- it. And, and that's
0: the thing too that people don't realize like when – like nobody chose anything about mm-hmm. – about certain things about their lives. And and the only thing they can do is like move forward with what they have. And what Buffy has is Mm -hmm. being the chosen one. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad we agree.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to be a Buffy love. Prepare yourselves. Um, But it is. It's great to see someone survive the things that she survives. I think that's another reason why I love the show is that Things get really dark. Things get rough. I mean, one of the main characters in this episode gets murdered.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have that a lot
1: to say happens. about that. Character. All right, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you about to reveal that you have a secret crush in Eric Balfour? No. Oh dear, we were no. so close to being like the same with no. everything. Oh, I, I have a secret. No. Don't you think he would like do dirty things? No, I. <laughs> okay, I have. Uh, no. <laughs> all right. Never mind. No. I'll just I'll start my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Eric Mofford <Altmark> podcast. Yes. <laughs> just be. All right. It's fine.
0: Oh my god. Um, okay. So the first very first episode. Yes. Um. I just had some like small observations, mm-hmm. like so small. Um. <laughs>
1: She just pulled out a huge stack of papers. Yeah, I have, I have all my like, like, – just, like, just a few small things.
0: Observations. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first, can I just tell you about how lame I am? I uh, <laughs> uh, Okay, I'm sure. So, <laughs> I just
1: told you I'm Eric Balfour thing,
0: so <laughs> whatever you no, say, you'll be fine. No, this is just like a dumb, like – considering that I'm the person that's like in charge of editing this podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I tried to watch the commentary at first, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I don't have time. I'll just watch – the, you know, the regular version. Cause like, like with the commentary on, I was like, I cannot hear what's happening. Right. So, but then I couldn't figure out how to turn off the commentary. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I restarted my PlayStation, still did not work, started playing the other episodes and then Mm -hmm. was like, oh, maybe that'll like reset it. And then what rewatch the first one that didn't work. Then finally I realized you have to turn off, you have to turn off the audio for that, but whatever. Long story short, I wasted like forty minutes. No. Seriously trying to figure out how to turn off the audio commentary. Aww. And I was like becoming enraged at the sound of Joss Beaton's voice. I was like, Stop.
1: Nobody yeah, has that like he totally has an like an ASMR voice. By ASMR, do you mean like is that like the people who like can give you the tingles on YouTube? What? Okay. So there's this thing and I – you guys are hearing my voice. I don't have it. But like if you have like a very like soothing voice, you can give people – you can make people relax. Oh, I've done done that. Yeah. He was giving me that feel of how he does the commentary. like meditation videos. Yes, like meditation videos. I've done that like now
0: breathe in Mm -hmm. and out. Yeah. And it's like that. And for some
1: people, they have very visceral physical reactions. I don't always, but the right voice – it can give me goosebumps? I about four. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't oh my know. God.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Not like Our two. first
0: disagreement.
1: <laughs> Luckily, he gets murdered.
0: Yeah. Thank God. Oh my God. Okay. Um, the small things I noticed. Um, yes. the old font, the old Buffy font. Mm-hmm. Hate it. <laughs> hate the old Buffy font. <laughs> So the, like, you know, the intro. Yeah, the titles. The title. Ugh. What is that? I don't it's like know. chalk.
1: It is. <laughs> it's, it looks like something someone made in MS Paint.
0: <laughs> yes. No, with the like chalk, uh, paintbrush.
1: Yes. Yeah. Chalk, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Horrible. Um, no, they upgrade for sure.
0: Yes. Um, so do we, do you want to just kind of go through the episode?
1: Sure. I mean, we start with that cold open with Darla. Love her. I love her, oh, and I love, love the way they shoot it because mm-hmm. it does feel like that first five minutes of every horror movie mm-hmm. where the blonde girl's about to get murdered, mm-hmm. and they really, they really subvert it. Yeah. Um. And okay, and this is also sort of a weird thing that I knew was true in the context of the whole show, but how heavily it plays in these first two episodes for me, and maybe you'll disagree. So this might be like an Eric Balfour thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like. In that scene, you have you know the girl in the in the Catholic school girl outfit, mm-hmm. and you have the guy who's kind of being a little aggressive about hooking up or, mm-hmm. or fooling around, and her being resistant. There's a lot of subtext with the vampires of like date rape and no, aggressive yes. sexual behavior. It's like it feels, especially in this episode, it just felt like with Willow too. With,
0: I was oh, I I absolutely. was like I was in, and I, I've seen the show a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I still was like, no, Willow, don't. Right. <laughs> Cause yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's,
1: it's, and I feel like it comes right from that very first scene mm-hmm. with Darla. Um, of course, she gets to vamp out yeah. and attack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in my memory, I had it was a Buffy fight scene was the first scene of the show. Like, I don't think I remembered that it was that. And so then when that scene started, I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. This poor guy, he's about to get completely yeah. murdered.
0: Absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. When she just – are we alone? Are you sure? Loved that.
1: She's great. And I think – and I know that when they first – that was supposed to be a one-and-done character. She was supposed to die. But she die, was so amazing. But she was so great that they had to keep her on. I mean, – And not kill her. Yes.
0: She was – she's stunning. She's a stu- – like a great actor. She is I love great. her. Um. And then we kind of – oh, Buffy's dreaming, right?
1: Yes. Which feels like a holdover. I mean, I know she has dreams throughout the series, but the style of dream reminded me a lot of the movie. It felt like another place where they were linking. Oh, see, I never –
0: I have never seen the movie.
1: Oh, my. Ever. Okay. Well, at some point during this crazy endeavor, we might have to try it. Okay. if you, I mean, if you don't – it's – it's very cheese. It's a cheesy movie. If the TV show never existed, it would be, to me, like a cult classic favorite. Interesting. But the TV show is so much deeper and more and better. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have Luke Perry. Okay. I mean, no offense, Sander. N- even <laughs> yeah. Eric Balfour is no Luke Perry. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't put him. You keep, you keep elevating him. <laughs> He's horrible. <laughs> By the end, it's going to be insane. Okay. Um, but yeah, it didn't feel like her normal dreams.
0: No, no.
1: It felt really choppy and, and. Well, were those like
0: clips from the
1: movie? They were clips from the, from future episodes because they shot all 12, which is crazy. I mean, now shows, Netflix shows and stuff get to do that. But at the time, network shows rarely got to shoot. They shot the entire first season before it aired. So they cut in those dream sequences with clips from the rest of the season.
0: Oh, so they don't, they don't usually do that. And her dreams mm, no. are usually more like amorphous, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. Like less I don't know.
1: Yeah, this felt like sort of like a music video. Yes. <laughs> with, yes. With like bad an music. early
0: nineties music video.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, just like and I'm jumping a little ahead. That's okay. Oh, I might even be going to the harvest, but we can come back. But and I watched it twice because I watched it once with commentary and once without commentary today. But there's that one shot of Darla and her henchman approaching the bronze that, like, goes slow-mo yeah, for some reason. Yeah. And it felt such – I was like, all right, they're experimenting. Yeah.
0: But also, like, from Darla in the – I actually wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Her energy is amazing there. She reminds yeah. me very much of, like, Harley Quinn. Oh, absolutely. When she's, like, bopping around mm-hmm. and with that terrifying face –
1: Yes, especially compared to the other big dads that we meet and we meet them in the first episode, yes. like Luke and the master. Luke is kind of, I mean, he's fine, but he's kind of lame. No, he's pretty lame. Like he's, he's just like a brute.
0: That's it. Yes. He's not, he's, he, there's nothing compelling about him. No. Um,
1: and then the master, I think is interesting, but also feels, um, less like he's subverting expectations. No,
0: because he's a very like Nosferatu Absolutely. I mean he looks like Nosferatu. And he
1: acts like that. Yeah. I and mean, he makes some jokes, but they're not even
0: I mean they're more that he's like mad at the state of the world.
1: And right. like... so we get more of him because he survives this two parter. Unlike yes. unlike my boy Jesse. <laughs> God.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you ever watched the original Unaired pilot?
0: With the other Willow? Yes. So
1: weird. Yeah. I mean, she's lovely, but.
0: Great. I mean, yeah, but.
1: Oh my God. Alternate universe. It's crazy. Okay. Uh, we were talking a little bit about skateboarding earlier. What do you think of skateboarding? Skateboarding Xander? <laughs> Skateboard? I wrote.
0: <laughs> skateboarding Xander.
1: She did. Because I verify that it's written down.
0: Because Xander never skateboards again. Mm-mm. Ever. <laughs> and nor should he. Because his skateboarding is horrendous. It's just him like being like, whoa, 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 watch out. Out of my way.
1: Okay, but he does do that one stunt where he, he <laughs> falls underneath on the, the st- st- on the stairs, underneath the bar. And he did that himself. Yes. I was you heard that in front of the
0: commentary. No, I didn't see that. He I didn't wait, he really did do it himself. He really
1: did. Oh. He did his own stunt. Great. Yeah. Great, and great Joss, job, Nicholas Brendan. And Joss wrote him. There's like so the commentary is pretty much mostly Joss Whedon saying, Oh, I wrote this because I'm used to film budgets, but unfortunately right. I have a TV budget, so I have to right, cut right. everything. So one of the things was the uh was the skateboarding scene. So mm-hmm. he had written it in, and then it was such like a bear to execute. That that's why we never see Xander on a skateboard again because you have I to bet. use tracking sc- shots and you, yeah. like it's a whole thing. But yeah, he did that stunt himself, so good job, Nicholas Brendan. Great job. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. You impressed us. I so. didn't need
0: any more of that skateboarding. So
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> honestly, it made Xander seem less lame than he really is because he's that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, I love Xander and. There are going to be times where Xander – so like we talked about Xander's going to make decisions that I find questionable and we yeah. will discuss them. He's not infallible. But I like him. But part of what I like about him is how much of an everyman he is.
0: Yeah. He's not cool. And the thing – yeah. Yeah. And the skateboarding thing made him seem too carefree. Absolutely. And he's not. Mm-mm. He's very much not. Um I also was – there's a part where – uh when Buffy drops all of her stuff and yeah. Xander comes over and he's, he like to help, to helps her up and he says, can I have you on accident? And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm sorry. Can I help you? But I was like, Oh my God, that line is so just like emblematic of his relationship to Buffy mm-hmm. throughout. Cause it's not just like, can I lust after you? Can I right. do this? It's like, can I have you? Can mm-hmm. I control what you're doing? Can I? And I know that that
1: I'll leave that at that? Sure. But I, I keep wanting to go to the next episode. But in the next episode, when she goes to stop the harvest and yeah. says to him, do not follow me. Yes. And Willow says, do not follow her. He makes his own call.
0: Yeah. And I I think that also uh kind of encapsulates Xander as a character, mm-hmm. which is that he is – he, like, goes bumbling into danger. Yes. Um, because he perceives himself as this male figure that needs to um protect the women. Right. When every single time it is Buffy protecting him, and uh-huh. like he needs to be told to help Buffy close the door from the vampires, because he's like doing God knows what. What is he doing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, and the most helpful he is is when he like helps to pull Buffy out of the manhole.
1: Yeah, but I was like, and she even then.
0: Jumped. Even though I was like, she could get out faster if you were not helping. Like, I felt like she could just jump out.
1: <laughs> Honestly, in that shot, I was like waiting for her body just to like spring Cause <laughs> I was like, no, she does not need you, bud. Like, oh she being be nice letting you pull her up. Her jumping in
0: these episodes, like when she <laughs> jumps over the fence at school, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Buffy is strong, but she does, she cannot leap.
1: No, like, oh, she's, she's apparently a superhero.
0: <laughs> she, yeah, well, that's
1: what Buffy, or that's what Xander said. Yeah.
0: That's okay. Buffy's a superhero now.
1: She is. And, but she doesn't want to be. No. She, she, she didn't wants choose to be it. normal. Um, and it's fun to see her. Okay. What do you, it's hard because we have seen the future mm-hmm. and we know he's a solid dude. But when Buffy's in the library for the first time, and okay, Giles – okay, you, you got something. No, no, no. I was just going
0: to say I'm really glad you're bringing up Giles and Buffy because, yeah. like, I love Giles with all my mm-hmm. heart, but there were a lot of times where I was like, what are you doing,
1: Giles? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stop. But go on with okay. the, the library. So
1: in the library, and he – you know, he knows who she is, and she doesn't get it quite that quickly that he's the watcher. Um, But he pulls out his vampire book and, like, drops it on the table in front of her, and she's like, oh, No. That's not for yeah. me. And he's like, oh, okay. It puts it away. No. You know it. What? Yeah. You know How it's her. How is the end of the scene? I don't understand what you're backing down from. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's the slayer.
0: Also, like, if if he really is, c- like, convinced that maybe she's not the slayer, sure. he needs to do more damage control. <laughs> because he just threw a huge, like, a cube-shaped book onto the table that says vampire with a Y. <laughs> Like,
1: child. Yeah. No, if you think it's her, push harder. If you think it's not her, you need to, you need to come up with an excuse. You can't just
0: be like, Oh, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) What book did you want? Yeah. What book did you want? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Also, and I was not a new girl in high school, but I moved a lot when I was a kid. Not once did anyone expect me to get my textbooks from the library. No. <laughs> Never. I don't think that was a thing. There was like a book depository. Yeah. Yeah. And so you'd go there, maybe, or your teacher would get the book for you. They would it, have the books. No there. one yeah. would be like, go to the library to get the reading. What? Yeah,
0: that was weird.
1: I mean, it got out of the library.
0: <laughs> it's fine. I mean, there Oh, another weird Giles moment. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: I think I might know which moment it
0: is. Okay, when she's at the bronze. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're on the balcony. They're on the balcony. She's like, you know, t- saying I don't want to be the slayer mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And then he comes up from behind her is maybe straddling her, I don't know. We don't
1: know what they're like doing, but he could be.
0: Most certainly has like both arms around where she is standing mm-hmm. and whispers into her ear from behind. And I was like, "Giles, no." <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? you have n- you do not have that kind of relationship now, nor will you ever Thank like God. even. No. I was like, his mouth is too close to her ear. Mm-hmm. From behind. From behind, no. It's,
1: I w- actually was in the uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth Tumblr tag today. Because uh-huh. I was like, maybe, I was like, what are the people of Tumblr? Saying? <laughs> <laughs> and someone had posted screen grabs of that scene next to screen grabs of a scene with Buffy and a certain blonde vampire <gasps> later in the series. No. And it was like – it even made it look worse because they were – Identical positionings. And it was just like, oh no. Like,
0: no. You need that is yeah. heinous.
1: It's heinous. And it's that was another thing on this commentary that put me on a meditative state today. <laughs> Apparently, um, there was a rule because Sarah Michelle Geller is, I think, has chemistry with everyone. That's one of her no, strengths she as is an actress. Yes. And she before this was on All My Children, which I watched mm-hmm. obsessively, and she was like the little vixen. So right. I think that she also just has She has chemistry with everyone and, like, she could make – any person in a scene with her could seem like they want to make out with her because they probably do because she's amazing. Yeah. So they had a rule. Like, it was a six inches rule that they needed to be, like, six inches apart from each other. She and Giles? She and Giles. Like, in the hallway because, like, otherwise it would look inappropriate. No, yeah. I mean, and Anthony Stewart Head is another one who has chemistry with all humans. No,
0: um – um – Anthony Stewart Head? Uh-huh. Um, hi. Like, <laughs> you – he – ugh. And that's the thing, too, where, like, it's one of those things that I know I'm getting older because, mm-hmm. like, when I was a kid, I was not into him that much. No. I didn't even think of him that way. But now I'm kind of like, Giles, what's going – because I remember thinking that Jenny Callender was, like, way too young for him when I was yes. a kid. And now I'm like, They're fine. They're fine.
1: Uh, I could be Jenny Calendar for you. Jess. No, I Whatever could you want.
0: <laughs> get rid of Jenny Calendar. I will be. I'll be you there. kind
1: of have you ever been her for Halloween or anything? You no. kind of look like you, you. Your hair color and stuff. I feel like you oh, could do yeah. it. I could. I could if you do that. wanted to cosplay her, it oh, that'd be of, fun. I mean, I would want to be a certain kind a of certain Jenny version. Callender. Okay. Well, when we yeah, get to we'll the episode to that, that yeah. features that kind of Jenny Calendar, speaking of characters that look different in the first episode, how about Rockin' Angel Okay, hey, wearing a velvet first of all. jacket? Also, he looks 12. He looks so, – he looks too young for me now. Yeah, no, I – Like, when I was watching, I was like – because he's my – he's my – dude. I mean, yeah, he's your once guy. Eric Balfour dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, watching it, he looks like such a baby. Like, if I yeah. saw him in a bar, I would be like, oh, no, you're a child. I can't talk to you.
0: No, I would, like, ask to see his ID. Like, he looks so young. It's crazy. He looks so young. And, and he's, he's such
1: a sassafras.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. When he like, he keeps giving her these smirks. Mm-hmm. He says something to her like, Oh, he's like, I don't bite. I was like, Oh, what? I think you he's, don't
1: talk like that. But I think he's trying to say I'm not a vampire without saying that because saying that would be wrong to say. Yeah. I feel like he's trying to say, I, like, think I'm not the I, kind that bites, but I don't, I don't think that's what he's, I think he's trying to, her, tell her that he is not. And a vampire. also,
0: and yeah, I think he's also trying to say too, like, I know you're the Slayer, or at least yes. you are someone who, right? You're like someone you know
1: about vampires. We right. both know about them. There's also the part where he's like, "I'm a friend," and he's like, "I didn't say it was yours." And I'm like, "Okay," I'm like, "Angel, also, you whatever. have no friends. You have." You have – who's your friend? No and one. We know all your backstory now. Yeah. And you have no friends. You won't get friends until your spinoff, if we're honest. I know. Like, Honestly, you don't have any And even friends. then, you're really
0: bad at having friends in your spinoff. <laughs> but it's so funny because, like – oh, and then she even mentions that. Remember? Like, yeah. in Hellmouth, she's like, do you know what it's like to have friends? Also, that's not something you say to someone. That's a
1: <laughs> such a horrible thing no. to
0: say. And also, that's something that's so, like – contrived to say th- – like, to write as a writer yeah. just to have him not respond to that.
1: Yes. Though I will say that's the kind of thing that has come out of my mouth when I'm mad at someone that oh, then I, I feel horrible. Have you ever t- – like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you only say very thoughtful things when you're upset. No. I, I say I <laughs> – But things, things will like – and then you're like, oh, how do I get it back? But she was not in that mode. She did not – No, she had to go fight the master
0: or at least try.
1: Try. did She did her best. I have another question. Yeah. So many questions. Okay. Um, so why are they carding at the bronze? What are they carding for? Cause everyone's 16. What yeah. are they looking what at? What do they want to see? There oh, is you know a what bar, they might be right? doing? You know what
0: they might be doing? They might be giving them wristbands if they're over 21.
1: Sure, but then you don't have to card everyone, right? You just have to card the people who are over 21. Yeah. And then give them a wristband. So like when Darla wants to come in,
0: she could just be going to dance. Yeah. But like, also her face is crazy fucked up. So maybe he's like, whoa. <laughs> ID. Yeah. I just my my ID. Yeah. No, that – I, I also had a question. Mm-hmm. This is – so yeah, we're kind of doing this out of order. But in – I think it's the Hellmouth when Buffy okay. gets grounded. Yes. Or Wait. No, no. So no, no the that harvest. is the Harvest. Okay. So when Buffy gets grounded mm-hmm. and her mom's like, yeah, you can't go out. And so she's like, oh, okay. And then she closes the door But she has, like, this big duffel bag full of steaks and, like, (laughs) like just stuff. And then she throws it out her window and it slides across her roof, (laughs) like, tumbles down her roof and then slams onto the floor. And then she's like, good, I'm ready to go. I was like, how did her
1: mom not hear that? I don't know. You had, like, wooden sticks just tumbling down your roof. I mean, there's a couple things with Joyce. I mean, poor Joyce. Joyce, Poor Joyce. she's (laughs) – there's some hand signals you can't see, but trust me, they're accurate. Um, but Joyce, she tries hard to be a good mom and she's trying to be positive and yes, nice to Buffy. Cause she's trying to make it work. Yeah. Cause things did not go well at their last school. No. Um, but, but Joyce. Yes. Somehow the first day of school for Buffy was Thursday. Yeah. Which, okay. They left she's, midweek. Yeah. Started midweek, <laughs> but also she just tells her mom she's going to a club on a school night. Yeah. When she literally burned down her last school. Come on, Joyce. Yeah. yeah. These are the kind of places where you put some rules like maybe don't go out to a bar. Yeah. First night.
0: And and when like her when her mom's like response mm-hmm. the next day to her is like I didn't hear you come in last night, like in a calm voice. Like maybe I mean I grew up in a in a very strict household. Okay. So maybe I'm just seeing this in a different way, but like my mom would not have just been like, um, I didn't hear you come in last night and leave it for like the moment when I'm trying to go out.
1: Oh, of course not.
0: Like it would have been that morning. Yeah. Because how did Buffy go to school? Her mom has to drive her. Buffy doesn't drive. We know no, that.
1: We know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I grew up in – um I was kind of a goody two-shoes. Mm-hmm. Um And I was the oldest. And so my mom, like, wanted to be a cool mom. But not in the mean girls version of cool mom. But, like, she had kind of strict parents. So she had this idea of, like, I'm just going to trust you. And if you break the trust, then we'll, like, rebuild it. But, Mm -hmm. like, I just want to give you benefit of the doubt. So I didn't have a curfew all the way through high school. But I was expected to call if I was going to be late or let my mom know. So there would be times where she would be literally asleep when I came home. But it was never like, oh, what time did you come in? Yeah. Because it was my job to tell her what time I was coming in. Yeah. Like yeah. – and then my little brother was much more of a troublemaker. Like he never burned down his school. Yeah. But, you know, much closer to burning down his school than I ever got. Haha, Steve, if you listen to this. <laughs> um And my mom would never have been like, what time did you last night to him? Like, yeah. you, d- I can't imagine your kid is that big a troublemaker. I mean, I can imagine because I'm watching it. Yeah. But Joyce, come on. Boundaries.
0: And you know that she's, like, kind of trying because she's like, I've been reading about over and, like, blah, blah, blah.
1: I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But from her perspective, Buffy is a delinquent. Absolutely. Because she doesn't know she's a slayer. No. So she just thinks, like, God, if your kid burned down a school, wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would definitely move out of the city and to Sunnydale, but it's crazy – it's crazy how permissive Joyce is at this point in the season. Yes. I think that later things – when things are – we're further away from the big arson incident. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But at the time, it's like, come on, Joyce. Yeah. I would expect – Set some – and again, these are things that I'm thinking about now because I'm a grown up. Yeah. I did not think about Joyce that
0: much. I (laughs) – I was like, all right. I I liked her enough. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's a nice lady. Sure. But yeah. Now I'm like seeing things from Joyce's perspective and I'm like, whoa, Joyce. Yeah. Um,
1: But speaking of adults on this show, we met Principal Flutie. I was just looking at my word, Principal Flutie. Love that guy. love him so much. I love him – I love the instinct of ripping up her transcripts to be like, we don't care what happened. Yes. And then taping them back together. <laughs> yes. I love that. It was so cute. I, I mean, it was. That. Like, we were talking about things that are writerly. Like, that's absolutely yes. a writerly move. That's yeah. not a, I, a realist. But it's okay. Yeah. But it was – I enjoyed it very much.
0: I also like when he's like, um, you're welcome to call me Bob.
1: <laughs> and
0: then he's like, but none of the kids <laughs> no here do. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. That, and that is also very writerly, but it, yeah. it, it, it so reveals just how much he just wants the kids to like him. Yes. and How much he never will get them to.
1: Of course not. Cause he's a big ball of dough.
0: Yeah. And, and nobody likes their principal. No. You're never going to be a cool principal.
1: You can't be a cool principal and a good principal. Right. Cause you're and just he's trying to do yeah, both. Yeah. He's trying to do both. You can't. It's just like being a parent. Like you can't really be a cool mom and a good mom.
0: Right. Like right. Can, you can be
1: a chill mom and a good mom maybe. maybe.
0: Yeah. Or you can be like an open mom sure.
1: and a good mom. Yeah.
0: But like in the in the frame in which we know it, like the cool mom, yeah. you can't. Right.
1: Because right. you have to set the boundaries. It's your job, man.
0: I also wrote Buffy's makeup exclamation point
1: <laughs> because it's
0: insane. For her first day of school, she is wearing so much blue eyeshadow.
1: It's crazy, especially
0: because – it also like it ages her. Yes. <gasps> Oh my God! There is a shot. I, I I wrote this down. There's a shot of like from below. Mm-hmm. I think she kicks someone down or something. Okay, but she's wearing like a frosted lip. Oh gosh! And it she looks like Carmela from The Sopranos. <laughs> like she looks so much older,
1: which is crazy. And but it doesn't. It's they do figure her her makeup out. Oh. Yeah, pretty no. quickly. Yeah, but yeah, in that episode, it's rough, and she's also wearing those like knee high boots and the super short skirt yeah. and the belly shirt, and it's yeah. like, I mean, it was my favorite outfit of the ep.
0: Oh, loved her outfit,
1: <laughs> but it was a lot for a first day of school. Yes,
0: for a junior, yeah, uh, sophomore, sophomore. Yeah, wait, right? Yeah, because season three they're graduating. Okay,
1: yeah. So yeah, it was a lot, but um, but and I'm sure. I don't know if everyone listening knows this. I bet you know this as a Buffy aficionado, <laughs> but she was originally cast as Cordelia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is so strange to me because Charisma Carpenter, who we haven't really talked about yet, yeah. is yes. fucking perfect in that part.
0: She's great. She's <laughs> so great. Cordelia is one of my favorite characters. Okay. I love Cordelia. Um, because I think her arc is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues in, um, Angel, right? Um, but she, I think she learns how, how. I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's interesting watching her develop.
1: Absolutely, and even just within uh, the Buffy, yeah, space. Absolutely. In this episode, I think does a really good job of showing you how she, her worldview. Yes, that she is. She understands kindness. Yes, and she and can, can do it out. She can yes. be kind. And she can, if she, if you're in her inner circle, and yeah. not even inner circle because she's mean to her Yes. But like, if she approves, she knows how to be a good person.
0: Yes. And I think, I, I think that's very important because mm-hmm. it shows that she's not just an awful, mean person all around right. always. I mean, she comes off very poorly in, in this episode. Oh, she, absolutely. She also gets all the best lines. Yeah. She has great lines. She, when she comes out and says, um, Jim was canceled due to the extreme dead guy. I was like, I love you. And then when Buffy asks her how he was killed, she was like, ugh, morbid much? I was like, she's amazing.
1: She is amazing. I think that it's also nice that we have an antagonist, at least at this point in the series. Yes. That is so authentically high school. Yes. You know, because we also have these huge, bigger-than-life, Nosferatu-looking vampire guy, but – having Cordelia there I mean that's what the way she treats Willow is just as worth avenging
0: yes as absolutely of, as the other things that we I do. think she's just as um, ominous I, I liked that that she, when we see her mistreating Willow yeah. and just being so mean to her with Harmony mm-hmm. um, I think you can like look at that and look at the damage that the master can mm-hmm. do with his minions in the same way absolutely. like they and and I think that it creates importance with like the things that, you know, girls go through in high school. Mm-hmm.
1: And even looking at Harmony, I mean, that's the great thing about, um, about this show is characters who in other contexts would just be throwaway characters are oh, given yeah. a lot of empathy and given, um, a real depth yeah even if it's not always sympathy sympathetic, you know, yeah um, harmony is hard to sympathize with at this point, of, yes, but at the same time, like it is hard when your your friends talk over you and ignore you
0: <laughs> well yeah, when she's like when you're always playing second fiddle to like Cordelia
1: Chase, yeah, That's
0: yeah, tough.
1: it is tough because wow, yikes, yeah, and we'll see more of Cordelia later. But right now, I think some of her alphaness is just her natural swag. Listen,
0: when, yeah, cause when the way she walks into a room, she commands it. And, and that I think is definitely a huge thing.
1: Absolutely. And, but at the same time, and that's why I feel like people, cause we have the, we have Jesse hitting on her as his real self, as his human self. Oh God. And failing. And it's painful.
0: Yes. Oh. Okay, I have thing. I I have things to say about Jesse. Um, I I wrote down that he's, um, well, he's basically like a worse version of Xander. He he said lines that I was like, oh, Xander could say that on a bad day. Yeah, like he said something like, witness, this is me, um, on the prowl, witness me on the prowl, or something like that. And I was like, oh god, that's like if Xander Xander were like more slimy. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, there can only be – like, there's only enough room for one Xander. So, like, he had looking at this from, like, a, ri- like a writer's standpoint, yeah. like, this guy's got to go. He's chaff. <laughs> He's
1: got to go. Well, I also feel like it is letting us see what Xander would be like if he had a guy best friend. Yes. Because he doesn't really – his best friends pretty much are girls for the rest of the series.
0: Yeah. And I think they inform his – development in a positive way.
1: Absolutely. Because also – because girls have their own issues. Yes. But teenage boys can be problematic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They don't always bring out the best in each other. No. um, In the way that – and I think that's true about girls too. Yeah. I mean, I was perfect. You were perfect. But there are other girls who are troubling. God, speaking of perfect Mm -hmm. people,
0: I was in such admiration of Willow – uh, when she was sitting just at the bronze, yeah, and Buffy's like, "Oh, who are you here with?" and she's like, "Oh, just me." I was like, "Man, I wish I like so didn't care mm-hmm. about what other people thought in high school." Yep, as much as Willow doesn't. Like yeah. the I love today, like as an adult, mm-hmm. I love seeing a person that is just fine being themselves, right. Utterly and truly and openness and be, and seeing her just sitting there at, content to sit there by herself. Absolutely. Um, and I know that part of that is fed by like her still waiting for Xander
1: and like sure, but thing. she didn't, she didn't seem heartbroken. She didn't seem heartbroken. I think she was upping her chances of hanging out with Xander because she thought he was going to be there. Yeah. But it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a desperate, or cloying move. She no. just was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, honestly, just going to a bar and having a drink by yourself. Yeah. Takes a lot of chutzpah. And she's got it. Yeah. She does. She's very much herself. Yes. She doesn't. And that's
0: what I think I like so mm-hmm. much because uh, maybe it could just like looking back. Mm -hmm. on how I was like as like a late middle schooler to high schooler. um, I was like really embarrassed of who I was because I wasn't at the core cool. Like I didn't like the things that like the cool kids Mm -hmm. did. And I was afraid that, you know, I I would suppress a lot of that stuff and like try to – hide my obsessions for a thing, like, you know, all, like all that nerd shit and yeah. stuff like that, Um, for fear that like if people knew that, mm-hmm. you know, or just like my weirdness and like that, like the oddness that makes you unique, I I was very – because, you know, you want to conform as a high school, Absolutely. And so looking back on it, I'm like, I wish that I hadn't have been so concerned all the time with like conforming and, and I don't know, being afraid of who I was, but –
1: no, I think that's the hardest thing because you're also still figuring out what you're into. Yeah. So you also have to experiment and try different things. And I would, yeah. that was the thing for me of just being, like, afraid to venture out on my own. Like, I didn't go do things by myself in public ever when I was that young. Me neither. Like, it would be like I needed a crew of friends or I would stay home. But, yeah. like, that – fine, I'll stay home. But I – yeah, I needed – a group of people to, like, validate my existence. And trust me, those relationships were much more, like, Cordelia Harmony sometimes than they were Buffy Willow. It wasn't like all my girlfriends were like, seize the day. I think you're great just the way you are. Like, no. I mean, but I didn't have the guts to just do my thing even if that meant that I'd be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's, I mean, it's tough to do.
0: And I think – I mean, obviously, I mean, as an adult, I love doing things by myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that kind of stuff. But there was a lot of, like, I don't know, troubled times that, like, led me to to be able to be okay with that.
1: Absolutely. It's a really – it's a really hard thing. And I think that's one of the things that the show does really well is it takes small observations about adolescence Mm -hmm. and then heightens them. By adding in literal demons that will kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it takes those small things, like this small thing of like having confidence and getting shot down by a girl. But wait, then when you're a soulless vampire and you come in, then you get the girl because you don't give a fuck and you're just super confident. And it's like these things that it's able to examine that life in a a really interesting way because of all the genre conventions.
0: Yeah. I think um, I – going off of that – Um, I was noticing a lot of, um, a prevalent theme in the first two episodes is expectation Mm -hmm. and like the expectations placed on teenage girls Mm -hmm. and those things were also heightened with like her being the chosen one. And so that not only is she expected to fit in at school, you know, the stuff with Cordelia and then it's Mm -hmm. like, or, or do I stand up for Willow? Um, Or do I, like, you know, follow everything Principal Foodie says so that my mom isn't mad at me? Um, Or do I, like, follow the the expectation of this, you know, librarian who is calling my house? (laughs) What? Giles, stop. (laughs) Giles needs to calm down.
1: Yeah. It's also weird because she's had another watcher. Yeah. And he died. So... She has, like, a good reason to keep herself distant from this guy, but she acts like she doesn't – she doesn't know about watchers. Yeah. Which is fine because it all works out, guys. (laughs) If if you're a newbie, it's fine. Don't worry. They're going to figure it out. But it's it's a weird – it's a weird setup.
0: Yeah, because she's kind of just like, like, huh, why are you – like, why are you handing me this book about vampires?
1: (laughs) It's like Like, we all know why he's handing you that book.
0: He's your watcher. Stupid. What do you think? Oh, my God. And then, okay, this is such a small, like, stupid, weird observation. Okay. Lay it on me. But – um, so you know how it's like they're at the hell mouth. Yes. Hell mouth, hell mouth, hell mouth. Mouth of hell. Yeah. When he says mouth of hell. (laughs) When Angel says mouth of hell, I was like, shut up. Like (laughs) – (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like when
0: someone says, like, I don't know, like, stop of bus or something. I was like, stop.
1: It's the room of dining. Yes. I was like,
0: stop making this more than it is. This is a hell mouth. I feel like that's part
1: of the weird characterization of Angel in this episode. He is – in these two episodes, he is not the angel. He's not himself. He's not himself. And I don't <laughs> know what's going on. I don't know if he's, like, taking a blue pill. I don't know yeah. what's happening. He's 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 bonkers. sassy and yeah. he's kind of, like – I get why Buffy's attracted to him. One, cause he's a young David Boreanis. So yeah, uh, he looks course. like he's etched out of marble. But, and two, he's like provocative in a sassy way, but also he's not nice to her. No,
0: but that, but what we've seen from these episodes, these two episodes mm-hmm. is that the women in these episodes seem to like when the guys are not nice to them. It's true. And actually, is that something that's kind of, Throughout the series? I mean, for a while it is.
1: I mean, there are certain – there are certain <laughs> characters that we haven't met yet who are – Not nice. Oh, I was going to say nicer than nice can be. Oh, okay. I, we're talking about different people. I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Because the one no. I'm talking about is there's tonight, a literally tonight, stop perfect yeah. boy man yeah. enters the picture next season who is like uh, – impeachable unimpeachable sorry don't impeach him <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the thing because I think teenage girls like we are um crazy crazy <laughs> but like we were um like in do- not indoctrinated but you know what I mean like mm-hmm. um we were like taught w- taught and like this was ingrained in us to desire like got like bad boys mm-hmm. and so I think that is kind of it like this bad boy mentality yeah. where you're, where well, you're like
1: and I, I feel like Teenage boys, but I feel like even my friends into my twenties, and I'm saying my friends, because I don't think I was ever like this, but maybe <laughs> I was <laughs> But like there's also this idea of the bad boy who you can make better. Okay, that like uh the Which fixing is, thing. The fixing thing out. is ridiculous. Like if you want to be with a broken person, good for go do for go for it. Yeah. But The power of your womanly love is not going to fix anyone. No. And even if it does, that's not really love, right? Like that's – No,
0: that's like a a task.
1: Yeah, it's a job. Yeah. Which they could have paid someone to do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it sets expectations. It's like – it creates like a horrible dynamic. Yeah. But I do think there's that too. Like – and not to reference – I might be about to make a a teen show reference. I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse. Did you watch Dawson's Creek? No, okay. I didn't, but I know Dawson's Creek. Okay. Race. So Dawson, in Dawson's Creek, you have your main dude, Dawson, who is just, who's kind Did of Did someone
0: a, die at, at Dawson's Creek? Creek? I thought Dawson was dead.
1: Dawson's alive? Dawson is super alive. Okay. In the finale of the show, someone dies. Like people have died. Not, pe- not as many people who die as die on Buffy. Okay. Okay. But anyways. <laughs> it is a long way around and it might not wow. even land because it's not your show, but. <laughs> You have Dawson, who's just like a good guy, whatever, and then you have his friend from the dark, Pacey, from the other side of the tracks. And Pacey is kind of like he he fools around with his teacher in the first season. (gasps) Oh Oh, no, it's really racy, and like he's just kind of he's like the bad boy. His parent, his dad doesn't approve of him, and like he's never thought he's gonna amount to anything. And then he falls in love with Joey, and he becomes like Katie Holmes, and he just like becomes. I mean, he's always been kind of a good guy, but he becomes like the prince of the show. Oh. And that's really romantic. You yeah. know, that's fun but to that watch. But that also,
0: like, romanticizes, like, a kind of, like, unhealthy relationship.
1: Absolutely. And the characters break up, and by the time they get together in the finale, everything's good. Guys, I'm not trying to say I'm not a Pacey Joey shipper. I totally am. <laughs> don't write any letters. Um, we don't have an email address for you to send them to no. anyway yet. <laughs> um, but, but that idea, I feel like there is a, there is something romantic about, taking someone who doesn't think they're ever going to mount anything and making them into a, a a great guy. Yeah. But that's not a good way to approach any relationship. No. You know? And it's also kind of like
0: coming into something with the idea like I'm so desirable mm-hmm. that like this garbage pile of a person is going to like become something amazing by proxy. Right. But it's not even like they're a gar- they're like a very nice-looking garbage pile. Like the guy has to be here. <laughs> a sexy garbage yeah. pile. Yeah.
1: Like Eric Balfour.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. We need to talk about <laughs> fucking Eric Balfour. He – okay. First of all, <laughs> when he became a vampire, you must have been all on board. I was not. I was like – Slicked back his no, hair. No, I was like, what? I
1: was like, even
0: – bad Eric Balfour is not sexy to me. So
1: you're saying that if you were dancing at the bronze and he just grabbed your arms and made you dance with him, you wouldn't be like, oh, let's do it. No, I would be like, don't
0: you dare touch me. Get away from me.
1: And I'm – okay, to be 100% honest, I mean, unless it was literally Eric Balfour because I think I'd be so shocked (laughs) that he was at the bar with me that I would just be like, what is happening? But even in high school, I – I've always been very defensive about my space. Me too. So no, if I, someone, yes, like, so I know that that's supposed to be like this moment with Cordelia, and but literally, if you grab me, yeah, it's not going to end well for you.
0: Also, like, I get that he's like a soulless vampire, but sure. I just mean like men in, that like at clubs or whatever. Yeah, not that I'm a big clubber. I. Don't think I've been to a club in. What? Are
1: you, is your mom listening years? to this? Sure. Let's pretend yes, it's not at the club every single night.
0: Oh my God. Oh, that sounds like my personal hell. Yeah. I, I don't club. No, I don't. I don't. I like dancing. No, I love dancing. As you know, we love yes. dancing. If I, well, I've had this happen at bars too. Sure. Like if a man like comes up to me and like tries to touch me and like make, like move me physically, To talk to him, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I am not here for you to, like, move me around to, like, listen to you talk. I mean, that just might be my, like – I mean, I just – I –
1: No, I think that's completely reasonable. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's like, don't touch me when I don't want to be touched. No. And – And that ain't cute. Like, so It's not cute. It's not charming. No. Though I will say, and I know this is not the same because – we live in a patriarchal society, so everything is more loaded. Yeah. But I have the problem, and I've tried to cut back on it, where when I'm, like, being demonstrative talking to mm-hmm. a dude, I sometimes hit them. Oh. Like, like not, oh, no. like Yeah. yeah. Like, like, be like, ugh, you, or yeah. whatever. And I try not to do it because they didn't ask for me to hit them either.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> but it's one of my things where I'm like, that's a really – because if someone did that to me – I mean, if it was – if I liked them, then I wouldn't mind. But it does feel like a –
0: Like a ploy to touch them. Sort of. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. But it's not like – It's not, but – And I don't have permission to do that. No. I
1: just do it because I want to do – I'm not thinking about their feelings or about their boundaries.
0: Yeah, but But sometimes I just do it naturally. I just give you a pass though because like (laughs) – Well, because I don't know. Punching up, it's okay.
1: That's sort of how I feel, but it's also like I, when I do it, then I think in my head, I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, there is like a thing where, yeah, I, I've done that too. I've been like, if I've like touched someone's elbow or something, yeah. and I've been like, oh, because I know that when a guy is talking to me and he touches mm-hmm. my elbow or something, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, I know what you're doing. Don't, this is my space. Stop I don't it. need you to be here. This, you can say that to me without touching me. <laughs> But I'm a very like I just am like I will immediately tense up if someone touches me. Aww. And that doesn't I mean, not always, but like
1: <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I think I hugged you once. Yeah. <laughs> you probably are no, no, like no, no.
0: attractive. No, 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 no. Like I mean someone I don't really know. Oh, totally. If they touch me, I'm like,
1: uh no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of how a lot of the um the vampires Act on this show. Yes. Because another thing that's fun kind of doing this rewatch now in a way that if we had done it, you know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have had is that the most popular vampire series now is Twilight. And I don't mean like of the moment, but like – but yeah. Like it's – this isn't the number one vampire thing.
0: No. And yeah, like like it used to be. Yeah.
1: When someone said vampire show
0: or like vampire – just vampire. You'd be like Buffy. Right. And now it's like Twilight.
1: Um, which is such a different – a different um, philosophy underlying it. I don't yeah, know. Are you well, familiar? Did you and, also the, like, and watch them?
0: Um, I know, but I know about okay. them and I've read excerpts of the books, mm-hmm. which I – could have lived my life not doing.
1: Yeah, they're compulsively readable. Like I read the first one in one sitting, and if the second one had been sitting next to me when I finished, mm. when I finished the first one and threw it across the room, yeah, if there had been the second one sitting there, I probably would have cracked it open. They're just they're very readable. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, I I could see that. But they're also absolutely an abstinence metaphor. Oh, totally. Which is very different than the metaphors that I think drive. Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a show and also the vampires on it specifically.
0: Well, also like the characters like on Buffy are much more fleshed out
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the female characters especially. Um And there's also like, as we will see, a lot more female sexual agency oh, 100%. Uh, in Buffy Um, and the female characters like do things rather than wait for...
1: Absolutely. Well, and the vampires... They're bad guys. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. The the vampires in this are not immediately romanticized. They're immediately shown as murderers.
0: Right. And even though there might still be something alluring about certain vampires, which we will get to later, there is still that danger there that exists always. And I think a huge difference is that, like, from the beginning – Buffy has like physical power and yes. control, and can stop these vampires from like invading her space, mm-hmm. slash killing her friends. Yes,
1: it, and that makes a huge difference. And and that power that she has empowers Willow. I mean, it. We when literally, yes. Willow
0: throws the oh my god, when Willow throws the holy water on Darla's yes. face, I love that. She was so
1: great, and I'm so they got that they gave that moment to Willow. Yes. Yes, because that was such a like big move, and then we have you know she does have her computer geek skills. That okay, she she's can a use. hacker already. I know, and it's like such cheesy hacking.
0: Yes, and it's very kind of like leaves a lump in your tummy because you're like, oh, I know what future episodes about computers <laughs> and Willow are coming.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I love Joss Whedon. I'm not, I'm not a gonna be ashamed to be a fan, mm-hmm. but his style of dealing with the internet. And Object in <laughs> is not, it's not his strongest point. Well,
0: no. And it also, I mean, that also was the culture then, though. Cause like, oh, absolutely. people like, d- like were afraid of the internet and mm-hmm. were afraid of like what technology would bring. And, and we totally. see that a lot during, like throughout the series. I mean, they kind of mm-hmm. drop it actually later.
1: Yes. But it, the show happened while the world was rapidly changing and grow- and, yes. and developing. So it's hard to judge it too harshly. Though, did you see both how tiny Cordelia's pur- purse was when she's like, I'm going to call everyone I know, and how huge her phone was? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't <laughs> notice that. I was like, I think she probably – only has cash and cards in that wallet because there's no way she was able to fit that huge phone in that little purse with a, with a size with wallet. A,
0: with a wallet. No way. When she does that, actually, I was like, oh, this is the predecessor to like, if she were in today's society, mm-hmm. she would tweet about
1: oh, that. Oh, 100%.
0: Like that's or what Or gram she would do. it or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah. Or like make a Facebook status yeah. and like tag Buffy Summers in it and be like, this bitch <laughs> fucking choked me. And that's when, when with one of her favorite, like one of my favorite lines mm-hmm. of probably the entire series is when she, after Buffy attacks her and she says, God, what's your childhood trauma? Yes.
1: So good. Like, that is the best line. It is. Great. She's,
0: ugh. I love her. She's I do great. too.
1: I think I love her more for what she – as we get to know her better.
0: Well, yeah. And I – also she, she's just like you love to hate her type of person yes. right now. And that's like that, – that's what I love. Oh, I was also – like Allison Hannigan plays that naive optimism so well. There is a part where her face just flashes by on the screen yeah. when that vampire is pulling her out of the bronze and you see her go by. And I was like that look on her face is like – I'm seizing the day and I feel for her in that moment and I – and that vulnerability and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it makes your heart break for what's about to happen.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I feel like those are the kind of things – because I feel like a lot of testing the boundaries when you're younger and trying new things, even sometimes the actual trying and pushing, you can't always – the people that you're with are not necessarily the people who you can trust. Yes. But yes. it's so important that you you make that move, that you leave with that guy. Cause, but who cares about that guy? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There are so many times where like the point – like I have – whatever. And now I'm going to make it sound like I have a, a wild checkered past and I don't at all. <laughs> but the you take the risk and it's so much more about like fulfilling that need to push your own boundaries totally. than it is. Because I don't know that she really – she didn't give a – she didn't care about that guy in
0: in the in the grand scheme of things no she didn't yeah i i will say that i think that or at least maybe this is me projecting my own past but like in times where i was like considering myself to be taking a risk sure. and like maybe maybe leaving with some guy mm-hmm. in that moment me leaving with that guy and mm-hmm. that guy and that guy and the the like unknown horizon that he represented was yeah. everything
1: mm-hmm. in that moment. Right.
0: That was all I knew and that was all I cared about. And then now I can't even remember that guy's name. Totally. But like – and in that one, like half a second, mm-hmm. that was communicated. Yeah. She's a great actress. She's amazing.
1: And I think that she does such a good job of being an individual – uh the actress, Alison Hannigan, does such a great job of communicating Willow as this very three-dimensional – Real character. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I think in another person's hands, or even in my hands, the level of actress that I am (laughs) would be so much flatter or more obvious or pining for Xander as a defining trait. And yeah, all that's there. I mean, she is a computer nerd. She is someone who lets her mom dress her for school. Yeah. She is all of those things, but there's something just like very individualistic about her.
0: Yeah, I think there's like a very – there's a yearning – I I, mean, I feel like I'm projecting, but I feel like with her, there is both a content – there's somewhere in her a contentment yeah. with who she is and yet there's also a yearning to cultivate that sense of self yeah. more. And I think that is something that's very admirable in her yes. character Um and is – I think, expressed through her performance as the mm-hmm. character. Um <laughs> I just saw my note. Giles is standing so, so close behind Buffy. So close. <laughs>
1: it's really not appropriate.
0: Oh. oh, when Buffy says to Giles, I really didn't like him. I'm like, girl, you got it bad. I know. You got it so like, bad. Like, who are you
1: trying to fool? I know. Like, oh. he's all you're thinking about. It's okay.
0: He's really cute. He is. Oh, and when she says her her thing is uh, life is short, that's yeah. like the predecessor to YOLO. It's yeah. like
1: – Yeah, no. Life is short. You may die tomorrow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so good. I also think it's bold and awesome. I know they did air the same night, so it wasn't quite as much of a hanger of a cliffhanger. Oh. But ending the episode in the crypt with him, with Luke Fangsbaird coming at her mm-hmm. is such a good ending for that episode.
0: Yeah. I – I like it more in in the world in which, like, there was a week in between. Yeah. But, like, considering that they had, like, a commercial break and yeah. then came back. <laughs> um, Oh, I was uh noticing that when those two girls are in the locker room uh-huh. and they're like, pause,
1: neg. Oh, my pause. God. I wrote it down. Yeah. Neg, pause. And then one of them says, neg, negly Neg, Lee or neg, please. I thought she said neg, please. Maybe it was neg, Lee. What would, what would that mean? Like negatively? Okay. <laughs> I wrote down, neg, pause, neg, please. negly. When they were
0: talking, I was like, you are having the conversation that can only end with a dead body falling on one <laughs> of you. Like that
1: is what's going to happen. And it did. I was like, of course. Of course. Um. um and those girls were very Valley. And so yes. they did dial that back. And later, like we didn't see as many no straight up girls like that.
0: That yeah, I think that re- they dialed it back because it. I don't know. It seemed too contrived. I feel like
1: absolutely, and it also it. When I was saying before about all even the small characters having empathy, like there was no those were care those were cartoon no. characters.
0: Yeah, those were like. Characters on, like, an improviser's reel. <laughs> was, like, you know, not. <laughs> oh, can we talk about Cordelia's outfits?
1: Oh, always. Okay.
0: Her olive pants. <laughs> I loved those pants, but also she was not dressed like a teenager. No. She was dressed like a mid-twenties struggling actress. Like she, she really
1: was. Who, But also, like, not a mid-twenties struggling actress who's, like, going out. No. No. Who, <laughs> no. Like, maybe for auditions? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, she's, be- I mean, it's charisma carpenter. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Some of it was tough. There was a lot of high waters. Yeah. Or at least what yeah. to my 2015 I looked yeah. like high waters. No, they were people yeah, like
0: a lot of them and kind of chunky shoes. Lots of like Mary Jane mm-hmm. Mary Jane's. Um, I, I like. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. I remember there being like a period of time in which Buffy's wearing a lot of oversized jackets. Yes. I liked – oh, she was wearing someone's jacket. Never mind. Eyebrows are being raised.
1: (laughs) Well, one of my things – Right? She was wearing someone's jacket. The big leather jacket? Yeah,
0: that was someone's, right? I think so. Okay. Moving Um, on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I also really – I don't know if you noticed this since we were talking about outfits for a little bit. Um, the outfit that Buffy is wearing at the end of the harvest with the headscarf and <gasps> the, yes, she I... looks like Daphne from Scooby Doo, who she later played yes, in the movies, yes, 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 but like so much It's yeah. Like these are not, it's not a reference, Mm-mm. but it was like that costume designer was like, you know what Buffy should look like at the end of the yep. premiere? <laughs> Daphne. Daphne. She did. Uh,
0: and they're actually walking, uh, at Torrance High.
1: Oh, very which, cool. Which
0: um I grew up in Torrance mm-hmm. and they were not my rival high school. I went to South High, but Okay. Um it's interesting because like their landscaping during shooting uh, was like so nice. And then because I guess, you know, they got money to yeah, shoot sure. the place up. And then I went back to Torrance High after um, college, mm-hmm. uh, to judge a debate tournament for my okay. sister and also just to like pretend to be at Sunnydale High. Of course. And, um, it looked horrible. Uh-huh. It was like all the grass was like dead. It was like dirt, basically. But yeah, if anyone wants to visit Torrance High, um, also the Buffy house is right by there too. The exterior. Yeah, I haven't seen house.
1: either of these places in real life.
0: They're fun. I mean, yeah. when you go there, you're like, Oh my God, this is where like, this episode happened. Yeah, and yeah. They stop shooting there. Yeah, and then they start shooting at UCLA. Okay. When yeah. Buffy goes to college. Um, Spoiler alert. She sorry, she like, she goes to college. Yeah.
1: She <laughs> does graduate high school,
0: but she doesn't go to UCLA. Well, or does she? See, or does she? <laughs> um. Oh. Okay. I noticed a line of dialogue in yeah. the Harvest when they're in the library. And I remember being like, "Oh, this dates this." Yeah. When Buffy calls herself mentally challenged, yeah, I was like, "Oh, wow. This is this was like right before like people first language, right? Where which like now, I mean, I don't think you would see a show now that says that.
1: No, unless it's like a show about a a horrible character. Yeah, like it's always Sunny of Philadelphia. Yeah, something. okay, yeah. But yeah, you would not put in your teen show in your protagonist, your main, your main character, yeah." Saying that. I,
0: I the remember. The moral like, center like, of oh, the show. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. There, uh, the other thing that dated it for me was, uh, Cordelia's little quiz. Oh my that gosh. She gives. Yes. Where, <laughs> and then yes. she starts talking about James Spader.
0: Yeah. He has to call me.
1: Okay. Time out. This is the late nineties.
0: Okay. Hold on. So,
1: Are we looking at yeah, the exact date? Yeah.
0: Was it 98?
1: I thought so. I mean, I guess maybe Secrets of, like, Sex, lives and Videotapes. I don't – what are these – okay. I'm trying to figure – I'm trying
0: to see a picture of him in 19 – All right. I'm going to – 98.
1: Maybe they're thinking Sex, lives and videotape version of him.
0: Okay. Because I'm seeing Curtain Call.
1: Because, yes. If they're t- – talking. Okay. You know what, though? I kind of right, get Show me it. a picture that makes you get it. Please. Because, yes, Steph in Pretty in Pink – is a hunk and if you're talking secretary I'm right back with him again but I feel like this was in the no man's land between 1986 and 2002. okay but yeah, okay but not not a hunk he's not Christian Slater no and also yeah very
0: interesting I'm trying to think of like who today's version would be like if I were to be like
1: I also appreciate that you let me say Christian Slater that way I just did it <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I regretted it as soon as it came out of my mouth. Did you? Did you hate yourself? Oh, <laughs> I actually find him really
1: off-putting. Yes, but he has like a he has the ability to like generate chemistry with other people in yeah, the yeah, back in the day. Yeah. But no, he's. I don't know why. I, picked him. I think because he's name-checked and clueless. I think that's yeah. why I did it. But how cute would it have been if they had said Luke Perry? Why would that be cute? Because he's the lead in the movie. That you've oh, ever seen. that's right! I keep forgetting He's, about the He movie. plays Pike. Is that okay? <laughs> we're making, we're having meaningful glads. Okay. Each other. Um. Um. But yeah. So whatever. I'm just rewriting James a script Spader. from. It's, it was such a that- random reference. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, maybe it's the thing of like Cordelia is actually not sixteen. She's twenty six. No, yeah. She and was. she's a struggling actress in LA. Because I believe if she was twenty six and uh, Yeah, and she said that. Yeah, I'd be again. like, Yeah, no, I buy it. You probably go to the same bars together. Yeah.
0: Oh God. Yeah, that is an interesting reference. Um oh, okay. I I think like we see a peak of what Giles and Buffy's relationship can become uh-huh. when in the harvest, Buffy is leaving the library, and she's like, "I gotta go." She's yeah. like, "You guys stay here." And Giles just says, "Do I have to tell you to be careful?" And she turns and just like gives him this look. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah,
1: be her dad."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I liked that part. No, absolutely. And I and think, that was non-sexual.
1: Yes, I think as long as they stay away, I think the six-inch rule is a good. Okay. Way.
0: Also, he does not need to approach her from behind ever. No. Never. I mean,
1: here's the thing. He can approach eligible ladies from behind. (laughs) Yes. It's a good move for him. But not Buffy. Not Buffy. Or Willow. No. Uh, Maybe Cordelia.
0: Fine. She's, (laughs) she's 35.
1: She's she's 35. She's his age. She's, she's a grown up. It's fine. She's, uh, she's doing a never been kissed thing. She's, uh, she's She's a journalist. If that's if that okay, no spoilers. But should that happen at the end of the first season, it would make my life. Yes. Yes. I've been undercover. That's why I was so mean to everyone. (laughs) I wanted to be undercover popular.
0: I've never been popular. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, and then I have Buffy's sunglasses when trying to ditch exclamation point. Oh
1: god. Those
0: sunglasses were astounding.
1: They're amazing.
0: Those were great. Oh,
1: my God. Uh, I wrote. Yeah. Um, ugh,
0: this is just, like, cheesy shit. When she's like, wish me luck to mm-hmm. Angel, and then he, like, doesn't say anything, and then she leaves, and he's like, good luck. I, was <laughs> like, I laughed out loud, and I was like, get out.
1: What are you – just tell her good luck when she asks for it. He is – An enigma wrapped in a weird shell. Yeah. Also – He's just so strange. He also –
0: like he strikes me in this episode, which is so interesting because normally he's not this way, but he strikes me as someone who's trying to like cinematize his life. Like everything he's doing Mm – and I think it's because everything they're doing is very like writerly for him. Yes. But it seems – he's coming across as like the person that's like romanticizing everything he's doing. Absolutely. Because – like I have met people in my life that would whisper good luck after I left the room.
1: <laughs> you hope they did cuz they certainly didn't they, say good luck to your face. They didn't say it to my face. <laughs> no, but absolutely he's acting the character angel is acting as if there is a camera on him. Yes. And that that's crazy. It's crazy. But he's acting like he and he thinks he's in a like one of those buddy cop movies where there's yeah. like The sassy cop and then the straight arrow and he's the sassy cop.
0: And then, like, the part where he whispers good luck is, like, rising emotional music.
1: Yes. And it's,
0: like, his wife just died or something. Mm
1: -hmm. And then later he's going to go to Buffy's house and, like, have dinner with her family and realize that family is something important. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's essentially a lethal weapon. It's fine. (laughs) But he – I mean –
0: and the thing that's weird is that, like, from what we know of Angel's Mm -hmm. life – Having watched the series. Yeah. He has every right to romanticize his life because it is a very, like, tragic sure. and crazy life. But also, once we know those things about him, he does not act that way.
1: No. Well, there are times later in the series where he is antagonistic to Buffy. But this does not wash with the whole of what we know of him as a character. No, no. He, he's, he's very dickish to her. Like, yeah. it's...
0: He's, like, negging her sometimes. He's,
1: Exactly, he's nagging her, which, all right, now, okay, we just fixed it. Yeah. All right, that's what he's doing. He's nagging her. Yeah. He invented nagging. He did. And then – And that's because he – okay,
0: I think it's because he was really nervous about seeing her. Oh, that's – Because –
1: He built it up in his mind too much.
0: Yeah, he built it up and then he freaked out. And started nagging her.
1: I think this might be another case where we're both projecting, but it's fine. Well, cause also, it, yeah, like we're trying, we're trying to
0: like rationalize this in the best way possible yeah. for him. Trying to
1: reconcile all of this with what we know. So I like it. He's nagging her because he was so he was nervous. Too nervous. All right. That's good. And once he settles down into the angel that we know and I love, at least. Yeah. It, I'll, I'll feel better. He
0: gets better. He calms he down.
1: He becomes
0: the good
1: guy that he becomes.
0: Yeah, he gets better. He gets
1: better. He gets better. <laughs> um, I also want to say that I love the bit when she, the sunrise and oh, breaks the window. Yes. He's oh. in about nine hours. It's like, I, love that, that's the kind of Buffy ingenuity that yes. makes me happy. Such a
0: funny, like that is like, that's the, the quips that, that yes. like, Buffy can do. And
1: that's one of the ways in which at least of all the slayers that we ever see in flashbacks and other ways, like that's one of the ways that Buffy is the best. Is oh yeah, that she is so like she's funny and sassy, but it's also she's in inge- she's ingenious. Yeah,
0: she's very quick and yeah, absolutely.
1: And she uses whatever um whatever she has. Like yes. there are a few parts later in the series. I'm not gonna spoil them, but there are a few things that happen that are just fantastic because she's able to see all of the angles. Yeah, play them right and And she really there's something really human about the way she does it not yeah. always it's not always brute force,
0: right. she's very adaptive and um a versatile fighter, mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah that that scene really shows that
1: though she also in that scene she does does one of those weird things where instead of running or walking from one point to another, she just does a flip for no reason.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Is it when she flips onto the table or is
1: yeah. it when she flips – she
0: flips on like a pool table, right? Yeah. Or something. I'm like, Buffy,
1: You didn't just walk just, around it. Just jump – yeah. You can or be Or just fine. Like jump
0: over it. Jump over you it. You jump over everything. <laughs> you just jump just over it. Just do that. a
1: magic jump. It's fine. Oh my God. So yeah. So this is kind of – she gets her first challenge of the harvest and she's able to avert yes. the harvest. So it kind of – she's a vict- She wins.
0: Yeah, for now.
1: For now. She wins. She doesn't win popularity. And we have no. our first kind of taste – of something that comes up again and again throughout the series, especially in her high school years of people rationalizing and forgetting the horrible demons they just saw.
0: Yeah. And that kind of also explains, like, why has this town continued to have people living in it? Yeah. You know, and like, though
1: honestly, you've, g- there's a point where even if it is that everyone has rabies or people are still getting murdered all the time in this town.
0: People get murdered left and right in this town. And it's yet crazy.
1: they remain. Unknown. I wonder if everyone makes a lot of money. <laughs> like, do you think that, like, the, the cost of living is low and the incomes are high or something? It's probably
0: really cheap to live there. Well, because, like, listen, Buffy's mom bought this, like, huge house
1: and she's, what? She's a single mom, mom like, who's art like, art looking- gallery? Yeah, but then in this a- episode she was like, oh, we're going to get that art gallery going. I found a space and I'm like... You don't have an art gallery with if you don't have a space. Yeah, that's the first thing you need.
0: She moved here, like sight unseen, (laughs) like just moved to Sunnydale. Was like I'll figure it out.
1: We find out at some point Sunnydale. Okay, but we find out at some point that that someone made that happen, right? Because it the art gallery. No, yeah, doesn't doesn't someone? Okay, so think so. so. So Buffy is being brought to the Hellmouth by forces we don't know about yet. Yes. Okay. So it does make sense. Like the wheels were being turned to get her there. But from Joyce's perspective, she did move to a town sight unseen to manage an art gallery that does not exist.
0: She doesn't have – she just has artifacts in her home.
1: (laughs) Artifacts that may murder people. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's not much of
0: a spoiler, I don't think.
1: Like (laughs) if you have artifacts in your home (laughs) – And you're on a genre television
0: show. you have a problem. (laughs) You're like those girls that say nag and pause. Like you should know what's going to happen.
1: Wait, hold on. I shouldn't start saying neg and pause.
0: No, cause you're no? gonna, a dead body's gonna fall on you. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: you say that. Neg, please. Ah!
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I just have a question. Yes. And this is gonna make me sound really uneducated in the like Bible way. Okay. But when the master says, my blood is your blood, mm-hmm. does Jesus say that? I don't know if he, or does he say, I feel like he says something like that. He my does
1: blood. talk about his blood. There is the, <laughs> He does <laughs> because there's the whole thing of the
0: the wine. Yeah, the blood the part, is Like the you drink yeah. the wine and you take of take of my. I blood. think you
1: say B- blood of my body. Blood of my I don't body. know. You, I don't know if you say my blood is your blood. Why not? Like my blood is your blood. My blood. Is my blood. Um. But maybe he does. I am not super religious. Uh-huh. I've been to a bunch of Catholic masses because mm-hmm. of my grandma. I don't remember my blood is your blood but definitely like my blood and body like cuz yeah. cuz i don't think your blood is jesus's blood no i think he's got like he's he's got better blood <laughs> yeah, i think his blood is better his blood is better
0: cuz i yeah okay cuz i'm remembering like i am not religious but uh my parents for a brief time became like religious again when i was okay. a kid um and we went to a lutheran church mm-hmm. and i remember them saying something like something about blood i think it was Take of my blood. Take and of then my blood is super, that was like yeah, when you would drink,
1: drink the, the wine. wine. Yeah, okay, that is a thing. Um, but I don't think the implication is that the blood inside you is like Jesus's blood. No, no. I mean I could see like little Kelly was sitting there be like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the same blood." <laughs> Jesus, like, <laughs> though. Speaking of religion, and oh my God, so many Christians just like unsubscribe to our yeah. podcast <laughs> right now. But I thought it was really interesting, and then in the commentary, Josh talked about it too. But um, Giles just comes out and calls Christianity a big old myth. Oh, when does he say that? Um, when he, in the beginning of Harvest, and he's talking about the history of, of Earth and talking, about, and all of the – Right, and he's and like, oh, he's like and some some, the, pe- the major, the prevailing myth now is that it was a paradise, but it never was. It was demons. So oh, when he's saying prevailing myth, he's, he's talking, talking about, about Christianity. Christianity. And I'm like, I, it's amazing to me that this show that was on, what's the math? 17 years ago?
0: 1998. Uh, 98, then 2008, and then 2018. So it's 18 years ago.
1: Yeah. So 18 years ago. I can't imagine you getting away with saying it now on television on a on a network talk show. Essentially being like, Christianity, yeah, it's a bunch of stories.
0: <laughs> really? I, I feel like they would do that on like Supernatural or something.
1: Maybe. I, I quit that show. I haven't watched <laughs> – my mother likes that show. I think if I lived – because I live alone mm-hmm. um, and that might inform a lot of what I talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, but if I had a roommate who was watching it, I could see still watching it.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. When my mom is watching it, mm-hmm. I'll like sit down and watch it. Sure. But it's one of those things where it's like – like you kind of touched on, like nothing changes in that show. And it just – I have no – like when I'm like they're, they're renewed again. Like what what else could they explore again?
1: Yeah. Well, one of them will be going to hell or coming back from hell or avoiding paying the piper or saving the world. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they've had good episodes since I quit the show. I just haven't been willing to get through everything to get to them.
0: Yeah, And and actually, it's very interesting that, like the, – the cross thing is interesting to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that Buffy always wears a cross and that mm-hmm. there's, like, a – that the cross – um, you know, protects you from vampires.
1: And the holy water works too. Yeah.
0: And yet, like, those are taken into a very, like, pagan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe there is some, uh, maybe I'll do some research later mm-hmm. <laughs> on, like, the, uh, significance of, like, a cross and, what's
1: considered, like, blessed water. But holy water is so Christian. Absolutely. Well, and there are, like, certain Christian undertones. I mean, it's a few seasons away from now, but there is a Christmas miracle on this show. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's literally a Christmas miracle. So, like, as much as that line from Giles was a dig, the show definitely, like, lives within a Judeo-Christian
0: world. Yes. And, I mean – it's cons- it's called myth but mm-hmm. almost everything that surrounds the show's reality is myth yes and so like I think it's just taking Christianity down from its place of like power mm-hmm. and bringing it down into the same importance as like these other, um, myths that create these creatures that come and are the monsters of the week. Yes. Cause like all of these monsters of the week are like some, like Jow's be like, Oh, this is from this place or whatever. Right, right. And they're all rooted in some like, Sumo- like Su- Sumerian myth. Absolutely. I mean, that's like a or an angel reference, but it's
1: – No, like, but there are. Like everything on the show comes from some kind of ancient yeah. belief system.
0: Yeah. I think it's just saying that this is just one of the many myths.
1: Yes. But it's still
0: interesting that yet crosses and holy water are so powerful against right vampires. I mean, that's so weird.
1: It is. It's interesting because when you pick and choose your vampire mythology, mm-hmm. you get to decide what matters and what doesn't. Um And I would say that Buffy is fairly traditional.
0: Yeah. And it holds to like – I mean pretty much all of the – All of the big ones. Yeah, I mean right? the
1: face changing I think is a little bit of a departure. That's right. And people have done that since – But I think that usually it's either you look like Nosferatu all the time or you look like Brad Pitt in Interview with Vampire all the time. Another person who would have been a better reference than James Spader or Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Brad Pitt. I mean, he was huge then. Yeah. guy, Dude, I I don't know why I didn't say Brad Pitt. Can we um, edit this so that when (laughs) that happened I said Brad Pitt? say
0: Brad Pitt and then I'll (laughs) cut that in. Okay. One, two, three.
1: Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, good. I feel Perfect. So much better. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I feel like that face thing, which makes total sense because they would have had to. It makes you could be surprised about who's a vampire because they look just like us. Yeah, and then yeah. they also look scary when they're. And
0: outside. then I guess when, when they get like very, very, very old, they look like the master. Yes. Right.
1: Um. But most, I feel like there's a a high preponderance of the monsters who look fairly human or can pass as human by choice. Yeah. That's a a big thing on the show.
0: And then we start, I mean, this is kind of going this isn't a spoiler, but it's just yeah. like reaching into the later seasons, um we start to see like lesser demons that look mm-hmm. very not human that seem to exist in yes, in Sunnydale just fine mm-hmm. and like are contributing parts of this like underbelly of Sunnydale that right. ostensibly has existed forever. But that is simmering underneath the surface.
1: Yes. And it's, I love that we get into recognizing the Hellmouth exists and the significance of the Hellmouth just from jump. Yeah. That we don't, it didn't take the whole first season to figure out, oh my gosh, we're built on a Hellmouth. No, it's, we're, it's, we're in it. We know it and we're prepared because next week's, uh, that, that we, monster of the week may not be a vampire. Right, and spoiler, I know it isn't, yeah, but is it, <laughs> it isn't read but the like- title <laughs> Shocker., uh, but no, so it's interesting because it really does set us up to go anywhere, yeah, and I'm excited about
0: it, yeah, it leaves a lot of open doors, and I feel like we're just as excited about it as Buffy and Willow are at the end of the episode, yeah the I think harvest. I'm already. Where it's it's
1: gonna be a fun av- adventure I mean I hope I'm not being an, uh, an angel about things just being super sassy I know and a little antagonistic
0: um also okay just really quick Giles's look at the end of the episode mm-hmm. I love it yeah his like little book bag that he's carrying he looks great I mean, I mean maybe I'm just like really into Giles now
1: I think this might okay, one I think you this might be your Giles this is my, uh, revolu- G- my revolution. year of Giles I'm I'm into it for you. Ugh. I so far, my only love has been murdered. So okay, <laughs> I'm totally I, overselling it okay. now. I'm totally kidding.
0: <laughs> I literally wrote "Bad Jesse ain't cute." <laughs> I literally wrote
1: that. He he's cute would, in like a creepy way. He's cute. He's the kind of person that no. when I was in like middle school or early high school, I would have been like, ah. oh, because he looks like like he looks like he knows bad things.
0: He looks, he looks like he, like, if I were 13, like, he looks like he, like, has smoked cigarettes.
1: Oh, totally. Like, he, he would offer you a cigarette Jesse. and not even, like, make a thing of it. Yeah. He wouldn't, he would,
0: like, he'd be the king of peer pressure. Oh my gosh. And I'm also, afraid. kind of a rapist, like, he was with Cordelia.
1: But she fucking liked it. What she is like happening?
0: It. She All liked right. it. But she's a victim of, I guess, of rape society. culture.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everyone in this is a victim of rape culture. <laughs> Even Ziad on his little skateboard.
0: Oh my god. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to continue this journey. Absolutely. Buffy, I mean, I'm so glad to have a partner through this. I think this is gonna be really fun.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. And um I hope you join us next week when we talk about the next two episodes. See you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Denise Nugent for her amazing work designing our album art. Theme song is Medusa's On The Loose by The Crips. For questions, comments, and the like, email us at hellmouthy at gmail.com. See you next week.